Welcome to Exploring the Industry, where we find out what God's doing in the entertainment world. I get to interview Christians from various entertainment industries. They share their stories of faith and transformation with you and I. I'm hosting people from many different backgrounds to share what God is doing and where he's shown up most in their lives and their careers through their highs and lows. We're believing to influence the narrative of how Christians perceive what God's doing in the entertainment industry around the world. If a picture is worth a thousand words, their story is worth a thousand sermons. Come join the conversation and welcome to the show. My guest today is the household name in music, Mandisa. Coming to fame through her season of American Idol, shortly after that, she became a Grammy Award winner, then a Dove Award winner, and finally a K-Love Fan Award winner, and she's nominated for awards all the time. During this time, she has publicly shared the behind-the-scenes journey of struggling with mental health, specifically depression, and learning how to follow Jesus and how to keep her hope alive. She is now not only stunning the world with her voice, but she has gone on to lead successful conversations on YouTube and Instagram about some of the hottest topics of our faith. I want to ask her today about her career, about being a black CCM artist and the issues of racism today, and all about what she's working on right now. Come join the conversation. Everyone needs someone to process their prophetic journey with them. And we have created a new online mentoring platform where you can grow at your own pace, where we help you to develop your own spiritual journey of hearing God's voice. I want to help be your mentor. We have videos, interactive webinars, over five new videos each week. They're going to advance you in your journey and authority. We have so many special opportunities in this platform that you don't want to miss it, including all of our other e-courses coming for free when you subscribe. Come grow with me. Let me train you in your ability to hear from God and interpret what you hear and really bring applications so that your real life is affected by your spiritual faith. Go to bowlsministries.com and sign up under e-courses. Okay, I'm so excited to talk to you, Mandisa, today on Exploring the Industry because you have been such a figure. I've watched you since you were on American Idol. I've watched your career after. I've listened to your music for real, for real, for real, not like when people say they do. Like, I mean, come on, like your worship stuff that's been coming out even more recently, stuff you've been covering. I'm like, I'm, I, I'm kind of fanboying right now in a major way. So I'm so glad you're on. And I love that you're deep. You're such a deep person, mm -hmm. like the way you think and process and connect. It's not like you're just out there doing stuff and you're a super creator. You're actually like a deep well of a person. So sorry, I'm fanboying. I know I am. Oh, gosh. I'm so glad that you're fanboying because I'm totally fangirling. <laughs> I, as we speak, I've got your provision, um, prophecies, prayers, and breakthroughs uh... for provision on my desk. I have that journal that you do. I watch exploring the prophetic, exploring the industry. So I'm your biggest <laughs> fan. Please know that. <laughs> well, it, it's awesome that we have mutual love because yeah. it's just been fun through, through the last year or so to connect here and there. And just yeah. here, every time I connect, I feel like I just hear something that just makes me really think deeply. And I love these new conversations you're hosting on YouTube. Uh, just, I think it's so profound that you have these roundtable discussions about different subjects. And you're into your friends or people you really care about. Yeah. And you're pulling out really deep stuff. And I feel like there's no one doing it quite like you're doing it. Mm. And so I've watched, I watched a couple. And then I was like, one night I was like, I'm going to watch that one. And I pretty much, I think it was about sex actually, which was yep. great. And then I watched <laughs> it. And I was like, oh yeah, and you just kept going. But I, you're, you're talking about interracial dating. You're talking yeah. about just all kinds of stuff that people in our genre don't talk about. And so I just, I'm going to thank you for doing those discussions too. because uh, You're killing you. it. Thanks. I feel very strongly as a single woman. Sometimes I think we feel a little bit left out of church yeah. culture. 
So yeah, that is my talk show, What If We Were Real? And we do, we keep it real. We talk about sex and physical attraction. And I feel like I learned a lot through that. So I'm just trying to talk about the things that I feel like God is talking to me about. <laughs> That's so awesome. Well, in your career, like, cause you've done quite a few different types of things and you've flown in and out of kind of the ministry and conference and events that churches do into mainstream back and forth. You're, you know, you're one of the kind of the, the top CCM artists, Grammy award winning, Dove award winning, all those, like I, I, I've already said that in the intro, but like, it's just so phenomenal. Like you've, you've had this career, but you know, there's been moments in this career, especially with where we're at right now, where you've been like the only black girl, like you've yeah. been the only girl who, and a lot of times I love the story when you read the letter and I encourage everyone to go on and watch it on, on her YouTube page where she wrote a letter to a CCM organization mm-hmm. and, um, and just talked about that. Like I like some of the stories in that letter, like, and I don't want to be tone deaf because the letter goes a lot deeper than this, but uh, even talking about like how a Ku Klux Klan member talked to you about how they didn't know you were black yeah. <laughs> because you were kind of, you were like the only, like they didn't expect a black person would be on this, you know, and yeah. how it really challenged her in her life. And I think it believe it was a woman in her life, yeah. but talk about kind of the journey where we're at right now with, you know, racism being such a hot topic, especially the black white issue, which I think is the pioneering end of the spear tip of the spear yeah. issue for all the races for a justice issue that God has in his heart and being in kind of a genre where a lot of people are completely blind to even know that that's even an issue. And some people who they see black lives matter and they go, are you just being political? Like that organization is terrible, but they don't see it as a movement. They don't see it as what God's doing. They see it as like something that is just really kind of, maybe it's a a left wing thing, not really Mm -hmm. a kingdom thing. And you're in the middle of it going, okay, let me tell you my experience. And Mm -hmm. It's incredible, like your experience, because you have you you're so unique. So so I don't know how to bring you this into this conversation other than to say all that. But let's go there. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because when I got off of American Idol, I had to make a decision. Okay, what am I gonna do as far as what am I with music? Am I going to be a black gospel artist, which people would look at me and think that? But then when you really listen to me, I I wish I sounded like Kira Sheard and Tasha Cobbs. I just, I don't. Let's just keep it real. I don't sound like that. I love them and I listen to them so much. But when I try to do that, it's just, I can't. I've tried. Um, But I also don't sound like a lot of the artists that you hear in CCM. I'm not a white guy with a guitar. (laughs) Sorry, but I'm not. Um, And that's not to say that CCM is only that. It's just to say when you look at people who look like me and sound like me, they're not typically signed to a contemporary Christian label. Um, I'm the only, currently, I'd say I'm the only Black girl really being played on CCM radio. We've always had some here and there. Nicole C. Mullen pioneered so much. And, um, you know, recently, Jasmine Murray. And you get, you know, Jamie Grace. You get little pockets here and there. But for the most part, There's not a whole lot of us. There's not a whole lot of women, to be honest. So when you add a black woman onto it, um, yeah, I'm a black sheep in CCM. And that used to make me very uncomfortable. Um, But now I realize, gosh, for such a time as this, I just believe that God strategically put me here. And even little things like where I was raised in Sacramento, California, 
I know I sound like a valley girl. I'm from the valley. I'm supposed to sound like a valley girl. <laughs> and that doesn't make me less black. It doesn't make me not woke. It simply makes me a black girl from California. And this is how yeah. I talk. Um, when you position somebody like that inside of a genre that doesn't have a lot of people who look or sound like me, it can be very isolating and it can mm. make me feel like I don't fit. But I just feel like God has been opening my eyes to the fact that I'm not supposed to fit. I think I'm supposed to stand out. I'm supposed to look different. And I think that there is something that he's calling my attention to about he's not calling us to uniformity. We're not all supposed yeah. to look alike and sound alike. He's calling us to unity. And I believe that's best seen in diversity. So Absolutely. I don't think we all have to look and even believe the same way. I think when we don't, it makes it draws our attention to our creative God who made us so uniquely diverse that it really shines the the light on the fact that he is so uniquely diverse and he loves that. So it's hard, but man, it's worth it. I love it. <laughs> so in in the context of that, like because you I loved your video because it was so honoring. But in the context of that, and even saying all that, like, how has this been hitting your world with God using the black white issue to do something yeah. right now in our generation? Like God, God is using that issue to break something open. Yeah, he of is. the diversity that the true yeah. God diversity. And I love what TD Jake said. He was on TV the other night, maybe it was two or three weeks ago, and he said, um, Matt Crouch asked him, who I'm part of TV, and so I really I care about Matt. I love his perspective. Yeah. But he said something that was kind of not completely like it's, it's something that I would have thought. So when I say this, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's just a white boy statement, which is like, are sure. you just wanting to raise up a movement in the church to help racism and TD Jakes goes, we don't have time for all kinds of people to get saved and for the mm -hmm. church to do this. We need a movement in the world so that everybody's grandchildren and everybody's children are mm -hmm. safe, not just Christian children and yeah, not just wow. Christians leading it. And it was really profound where it's like, he was saying, God, TD Jakes was saying, God is using this issue to press everybody's button. Yeah. And I'm like, it is so good that he's saying that because for us, I come from a very, you know, like my church that I planted is completely racially diverse. It's like, mm -hmm. we, we, there's not one dominant people group on staff, but there's a lot of Hispanics and blacks, Asians, mm -hmm. whatever. It doesn't matter. Like we just, we're very diverse, but you awesome. don't find that a lot, even in LA, you mm -hmm. don't find a lot of diverse churches because there's usually one dominant people group. And so in, and even in that, we haven't done the best job with advocating representation, understanding so I'm like listening so much right now, just going, okay, what's your experience? Tell me your experience. Yeah. Because I th used to think I knew. And now I'm like, I don't know nothing just because I have some black friends or just because I have some yeah. Asian friends. My best friend is Hona from Guatemala. You know, like he's my very best friend for 18 years. And you think you know something and I'm hearing things from him that I'm like, I had no idea. I, I'm, I'm part of what isolated some of your Hispanicness. And I didn't even know I did. You know, like I'm, I'm learning right now. So kind of talk about your experience and kind of a dominated people group, which is somewhat white, yeah. you know, in CCM and in the career you're in. Like, what is it like in this conversation being on the table? Yeah. Well, um, here's, here's where it's hard. It's, it's difficult when I feel I start listening to that voice telling me that I'm not black enough, that I don't fit well, in with black people. That's honestly been my lifelong struggle. Um, cause even in California, I would hear, why are you trying to talk like a white girl? And I'm thinking, I'm not. I'm just talking like how I talk. And ironically, I went to an all-Black school, um, Fisk University. It's in Nashville, Tennessee, which is where I live now. 
Um, and so that was the first time where I was in a situation where I was around people who looked a lot like me. And so I think I, as I trace my life and all of the situations that I've been in, I can see very strategically that God has let me be a bridge in all of these worlds. And I heard somebody recently, um, I believe it was Jimmy Rollins. Uh, he came to my church. I go to The Belonging in Nashville. Uh, and he love said- that. I love your church. Oh, it's so great. You've come visit us sometime. <laughs> I want to. Okay. Um, he said, if you're going to be a bridge, you have to be willing to be walked on by both sides. Sorry. Do you hear my dog, Kaya? Yes, this is real life. We love it. <laughs> I, interesting enough, Kaya used to be black and now she's white. Like she started out <laughs> a straight up black girl and now so she funny. looks like a white girl. <laughs> anyway, um, you have to be willing to be walked on on both sides. So. Yes. In this season where it feels like offense is so heightened and that you can't say anything without people being offended, especially on social media. In this season, when I post something that says Black Lives Matter, I get a lot of white people saying, I thought you were a Christian. How could you support yeah. this organization that is yeah. so anti-God? And I'm thinking, man, I'm not trying to support an organization. I'm just trying to let people know that my life matters as much as yours does. And then when I post something that speaks, um, I'm not even going to go politically, but if I were to post something that talks about praying for government, then I get a lot of <laughs> white people or black people saying, yeah. how could you support this administration? Totally. And ah, I feel like I can't win either way. Um, and so that can be hard when I have such a deep desire to feel understood and seen, but I think that's all of us. I think we all want to feel understood and seen, but I think the best way to do these things is in conversations, which are often well, that's, uncomfortable. I was going to say that. That's what you're yeah. doing is that you're, instead of just feeling all the awkwardness and just kind of going through it, you're taking us through it, through Instagram, through YouTube, mm -hmm. you're talking about your process. Like I'm, you're the girl who in the midst of like one of your heights of your career was going through a dark depression yeah. that you end up sharing about. Like you're, yeah. you're that person that helps people to go, Oh my gosh, Medusa is normal. Mm -hmm. She's like, yeah. she's honest. She's very honest. And so I love what's happened through this in the sense that like, I, that's why I like the YouTube show that you're doing, yeah. which has a lot of views. I mean, it's a, it's an incredible amount of people are watching it mm -hmm. and they're wondering like, what are your, you and your friends think about this? And I like that you don't always draw conclusions. Like you're not a conclusion drawer every time. Like, well, here's what we should believe now. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like a lot of pastors have that pressure. Like, I'm going to give you the black and white of the issue, yeah. which is like a terrible even way to say it, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, let's talk about this. Oh, you believe that? I don't know what I believe yet. I've heard you say that. That's yeah. profound. Well, it's interesting. I, I've learned that a lot. I know you're not going to like this, Sean, but I learned that a lot from you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I feel like God has drawn my attention to a lot of people that I'm learning so much from. And I just watched one of your Explain the Prophetic where you were talking about entertainment and how you love movies and how you love video games. And at the end, you said something that was so profound to me and I'm probably not going to say it right. But you said, you know, for this person over here, Watching a movie like, I think you said, uh, Lord of the Rings, that is 
hard for you because of maybe some history that you have with the occult, or maybe it just feels dark. For you, though, you said that you loved it. And so I think that that is very scriptural. To one person, this is considered sin. To another person, it's not. There's not something black and white with everything um, that we walk through as Christians. And I think that's okay. I think it causes us to follow what the Holy Spirit is saying as opposed to a black and white rule. That's so good. It's so good. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna take us a little bit different of direction and talk mm-hmm. about, uh, well, I do want to say one more thing about that because I was watching one of your Instagrams and you were um, taking off your hair, doing something with your hair and just going, mm-hmm. okay, here's, let's be honest. And it felt really vulnerable for you to do that. Like mm-hmm. talk about that moment for just a minute, just because yeah. you decided to call attention to it. So tell me what that moment meant to you. Yeah. So for as long as people have ever seen me in public, unless you're with me when I was on the worship team for Beth Moore, which was a long time <laughs> ago, um, you've never seen my real natural hair that is coming out of my head. Like you've never seen that. I have always <laughs> added on hair. I, I've worn wigs. I have gotten crochet locks. Um, and so for the first time, like a couple of months ago, I went all natural and I am wearing my hair kind of like an Afro now. And I've never done that, but it's what God is doing in my life where he's teaching me, this is how I naturally made you and your hair in its kinky natural state is beautiful. I think I used to believe only long, straight, even blonde hair is what's beautiful. And now I understand that is beautiful, but you know what? My hair is beautiful too. And I just feel like God is bringing me into starting to just uncover who I really am. And I'm starting to be good with it. Like not just be okay with it, but to say, this is the bomb. I like my hair like this. That is and so awesome. That's a whole new thing for me. It's been, when you've grown up looking at everything black, like if you look at terms like the black hole and black death and black plague, those are all negative things. So rediscovering black is not bad. Um, it's actually beautiful. And God created black things too. And black is not bad and white is not good. It's all good. And so I'm just in a place of discovering at the age of 44 years old, who I naturally am. And that is good. No, it's so profound because I just think of my daughters and how I have a five and a seven year old. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just think of like, they, like you didn't have necessarily someone who is you telling a little version of you that, you know, it's like, there's not enough people in society in our, when we were growing up that talked about identity, that talked about value. That's there was some cheesy little school lessons, but it wasn't like someone in a really role, uh, a position that's struggling through that Mm -hmm. sharing it in a really real way. So our, our children will grow up with different emotional intelligence of this generation. I think my daughter's like Harper was listening to a lot of the rhetoric that she could hear from friends and stuff over Again, I'm going just bring back the racism issue. She was listening to it and she's like, I don't understand about hair. Like why because a little girl was sharing about like I used to not like my hair as a black girl. And now I love my hair. And so Harper's like, you know what? On family night this week, I'm gonna buy a a, a little girl black doll because I'm gonna celebrate her hair. Aww. And I'm just like, You're so cute. And she plays with it all the time. She's like, That's my doll. She's like, she's never liked dolls before. She's never been a doll girl. She loves stuffed yeah. animals. And she has this one little ball doll that her sister has another version. And they just play with them all the time right now. And I'm just like, it was really cute. Cause, and she'll tell us like, just so you know, Black Lives Matter. Like just so you know, uh, this is important. And she adopted that. We, we have done nothing wow. to like educate. So in her heart, she knows something's going on as a seven-year-old. And wow. she's like, the fact that she 
is saying, why isn't there a woman president yet? That kind of thing in her heart. Like she's fighting for diversity. She's fighting for issues. She doesn't really know in a emotional or mental level what's going on, but there's something in her little DNA. So when you make those steps, I feel like, you know, cause you've been seeing uh, like in one of your videos online, I was looking at this morning was one of your, one of your bigger videos had 41 million views just on YouTube. That doesn't count anywhere else it was seen. So that many people are watching. And then there's those people who are like, Oh, I love her. Like they're, they're your other number one fans besides me. And then you get these <laughs> little girls and these young women who are watching you and they're going through stuff and they hear you and it sets them free instantly just wow. because they have a prototype. They have somebody who Jesus can bring it through. I mean, some of your songs that aren't on the, just in the Christian genre that are just mm-hmm. that have crossed over or some of the stuff that is in the Christian genre where girls are like struggling with and, and boys too, but I'm just noticing mm-hmm. girls just because yeah. of the story, girls who are cutting or who are self-harming or whatever. And they hear your story and they're like, Oh my gosh, yeah. I can be an overcomer. The fact that you told me when you wrote overcomer and you needed to overcome in that season mm-hmm. is huge. Yeah. It's, it's what I, it's what I feel called to. I, it's so much easier to keep all of that hidden It would be much easier to not let anybody know about my battle with depression. But through me talking about depression and finding my beauty, um, even when I've been told my whole life that it's not beautiful, there is something powerful that does set other people free as well. So it's worth it. That's why I keep saying it is worth it. All of the difficult things. I think, you know, Peter, when he was walking on water, and he started to sink. I actually think he probably learned more about Jesus reaching into that water to lift him out through him sinking than even just him walking on water. Sometimes the biggest lessons we learn come from the biggest the battles that we face. And so I, I think I will continue to use the hardships just because I know the lessons that I learn yeah. are so worth it, but it also helps other people to that are walking a similar battle. Yeah, I, I I feel the same. I feel like every time I, I use myself as a strong example, a few people watch. Every time I use myself as the bad example, mm-hmm. you know, my whole audience watches what I'm doing. You know, it's, mm-hmm. like, it's so funny. Like, okay, yeah. so you want to hear how, you know, the, the crap <laughs> parts, but it's it really like, this is what I'm processing with God. This is what I'm learning. Yeah. And that's when people engage because I think we're in the generation. It's like, I can see the good examples. It's everywhere, but yeah. I, I need to see how people got there. That's and I need right. to see how people are processing well, I want to talk about this as we, we kind of have one more little area to talk about uh, segment-wise. And you really had kind of a feeling of what God was showing you in the season about air and breath. Yeah. And I don't want to move past this because it's really interesting with all that we're going through with the respiratory coronavirus, mm-hmm. with I can't breathe George Floyd, with yeah. all these different things. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, it's so interesting. I, I'm still processing it. So I don't know that I'm going to be able to say this is what God is saying, thus saith the word of the Lord. But <laughs> I'm just noticing, so I had coronavirus in July, um, and as a singer, that's really hard to not yeah. be able to breathe. Um, I, I had to cancel, you know, I had some online concerts I was supposed to do. I wasn't able to do some of them, wow. and it's all stemmed from my breath. I think um, that combined with, you know, we've all heard, I can't breathe. I think yeah. it really coming to light with um, George Floyd as the air was literally being snuffed out of his body through a knee. Um, I think there's something really powerful about the juxtaposition of those things, that there there seems to be an attack on breath. And maybe I'm saying this as an African-American woman, I and, and also knowing coronavirus seems to be hitting my people 
more than others. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. there's a lot of reasons for that, uh, including, you know, socioeconomics and, you know, everything. But yeah. the fact that a lot of Black people are getting diagnosed with coronavirus, the fact that there seems to be an attack on breath with, you know, when I look at the picket signs and it says, I can't breathe. And then even... Um, we saw George Floyd's birthday recently, and I saw somebody held up a sign that says he can finally breathe. Mm. I just believe that where evil is rising, that God is rising higher. That's what yeah. my song, You Keep Hope yeah. Alive, says. And I, as much as I can say there is an attack on breath, what I see God saying is that there is power in breath. When I think of how God, how spirit travels through sound waves, through sound. Yeah. And that sound is actually airwaves. And I don't know, there's just something with airwaves. And I wrote a letter recently to um, Christian Radio asking them to play more artists of color. And I did this privately. It wasn't something that I broadcast and said to the world. It was something I just sent to them because I believe that it happens relationally. And so when I started to do interviews, I said, if anybody wants to speak any further about this, I asked my record label to set up interviews. And I've done two days of interviews, just nonstop talking to radio station after radio station about this. When I started to realize there's something about the middle of the country, I did a lot of interviews with stations in Iowa and in Illinois and, wow. you know, just in areas that are right in the middle, they seem to be really conscious of both the left and the right. And I mean that politically. Um, they yeah. feel like they have to walk a very careful line. And when I did my last round of interviews, there was there was a tornado or something like a, I don't remember what it was called, but it was like a wind that was circular, but it wasn't a normal tornado. It, and that had just come from the West. And then wow. there were, no, that had come from the East. Then there were fire tornadoes that were coming from the West and they were all meeting in the middle. And I just remember I spoke with a radio station in Iowa and they said that they just got their tower back up because they just had these natural disasters and there's something wow. with wind. I was like, okay, the fact that it's happening in the middle of the country as we're about to enter into this political season, um, the fact that that is a radio station where sound is traveling through the air, the fact that in Acts 2, where we see the day of Pentecost, it says that there was a violent sound like wind rushing from heaven. Yes. It just feels like there's something with breath, with air, with wind. And I think that radio, sound waves, music, worship, I think that that is the great unifier. And so I see God raising up people. I could list a lot of the people that I'm seeing. Um, Maverick City and Jonathan Trailer yeah. and yeah. Um, Davy Flowers. A lot of Black artists that wouldn't say I'm a gospel artist or wouldn't say that I'm a CCM artist, but would say I'm a worship artist. I think there is something about what God is doing with sound and with worship that is breaking down strongholds of division. And I think there's something about the middle of the country specifically that God is really speaking to. And so I don't have it all figured out. I just think that he's doing something with breath and sound and something with the middle of the country. And I want to be a part of it. <laughs> no, it's it's an amazing thought. When you were you put that in your notes, and I just thought, because we haven't had a conversation about this, but mm -hmm. I had done kind of a study on this last year as far as when did God breathe into humanity at different mm -hmm. times. The first time was Adam, of course. The second time was one of my favorite times, Basilil in Exodus yes. 31, who was the craftsman. And God, he was the first man after the garden that God mm -hmm. breathed into his nature 
so that he could actually create everything that needed to be created for the people to worship God. Yes. And I feel like we're in that kind of a season again where God's breathing into people that creativity so that they can yeah. do everything that it takes to worship God in, in a time like this. Yeah. And, you know, I think I, I completely agree that God's doing something really profound right now. Out of all the world, mm-hmm. the black group of people who live in America right now, God is doing something unique as a signpost that yeah. if we get this right, it can change justice issues in other parts of the world as well. That's right. So I, I believe that. Yeah. It's just so, so I love that you were talking about the wind and the breath because, and I'm going to study out the wind a little bit more, but I have done mm-hmm. some studies on it before just because I feel like, you know, there's in the entertainment industry right now, we're seeing uh, of all types, whether it's Christian, secular, whatever, mainstream, um, we're seeing a huge change of not just the disruptors of Netflix and Amazon Prime and Apple yeah. Plus and all these kinds of things, but we're seeing a huge shifting of the guard or changing of the guard of people who are retiring now or people who are getting out or mm-hmm. whole, whole companies who are failing or getting bought out quickly because they don't have the ability even financially after coronavirus to mm-hmm. manage. We're seeing touring companies who are either going to go bankrupt or they have to recreate their model. Yeah. So everything's changing right now. And to me, as someone who has spiritualized, I know it's really painful for a lot of people experiencing mm-hmm. the pain of those changes. But if you have spiritualized to see what God's doing, yes. it is such a setup yeah. for <laughs> people like you to rise up right now and have a voice. And I'm just, and there's people who are listening right now who are in the entertainment industry and there's people who are not in the entertainment industry who you're called to pray for something to shift right now. Because last year we had a year of awakening where Kanye West was getting saved and Justin Mm -hmm. and Haley Bieber are going through, you know, Bible studies and leading prayer meditations on their Mm -hmm. Instagrams. And you have, you know, Chris Pratt starts a a family faith-based film company. You all of a sudden you just have this huge shift where it was unpopular to say you're a Christian to the point now where you're watching people say, I have no problem saying I'm a Christian. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's not, it's not an issue. I have a problem with the politics of some Christians or I have a problem with this, but I'm, I'm going to be unashamed and saying I hear from God or that there's, you know, it's mm-hmm. crazy. So I'm yeah. really excited about your word about winds and, and, and the mm-hmm. breath of God, because I think it, you're onto something. Yeah. I think, let me add one more thing to that. Cause I think, um, what Ephesians 2, 2 says, it calls Satan the prince of the power of the air. And so yep. I, I just feel like God is saying, yeah, look, Satan has had so much dominion over the air. And I feel like God, there's something about he's raising up princes and princesses. I'd like to consider myself one of them. Come on. <laughs> Where Come it's on. to say, yeah, his time is over. Like he is raising up a royal priesthood to say no more. Like his dominion is coming to an end. And now God is raising up some people to say, I'm taking this thing over and it's going to look different. Like there's no guideline for what this is going to look like. Like God is doing a new thing. I love that you said that. Um, Cause that's what I feel as well. Isaiah 49, 13 He's doing a new thing. And I love that he asked that. Don't you see it? And I want to say, yes, God, I see it. I want to be a part of it. But it really does mean staying connected to what, to his Holy Spirit, because it's not something that we can do on our own. And when we sing things like it's your breath in our lungs. Um, so we pour out our praise. Like, I think there's yeah. something when we try to do it with our own breath, with our own strength, it's just not going to happen. So there's something (laughs) about letting him breathe into us to work in us, to do it. And to know it's not going to look like anything that we've ever seen before because he's doing a new thing right now. He is doing a new thing and you are doing such a good job of representing the new thing that he's doing. And uh, for those of you who are listening right now, you can listen to 
Mandisa's brand new song, You Keep Hope Alive, which is so good. And you have soaking versions of it and, and just mm-hmm. full versions of it of different types. Like there's three or four. There's an acoustic one. There's the radio version. I've listened to all of them. I also love, I know it was a little while ago, but Waymaker, your cover of that. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, like phenomenal. Also watch online. You can watch Mornings with Mandisa. I'd encourage you to watch it all on Instagram. Is there any projects or anything we should be looking for? Yeah, I um, let me say about the versions of You Keep Hope Alive. My favorite is the Unity International version because we are speaking a bunch of different languages in it. Um, I sing it in Kosa, which is a South African language. We've got Spanish, we've got Samoan, we've got Italian, so we've got cool. Tagalog. And I, when I read Acts 2, the fact that he makes a point in three verses, he lists all of the different languages that were represented in Jerusalem at that time. And that's what I feel like he is saying is when we start speaking the languages of those around us, the end result is that people want to know this Jesus that we are serving. So that's when I talk about like unity and diversity, we've got to learn to speak other people's languages. That's how people are going to be drawn to him. So check that one out. And then I've got a new song coming out with Rita Springer and Jasmine Murray called It's Not Over. They're my favorites. Yeah, I think the timing of this year that we've been in um, to proclaim that it's not over and that God is doing something new and that it's exciting and it's good. I'm really looking forward. I don't know when it's releasing yet, but it'll be soon. (laughs) No, we want to listen for it. So it's amazing. We hope this year's going to be over soon, but we don't want what God's doing. Just kidding. But no, seriously, thank you so much. You make Jesus look so good and attainable. And I so appreciate you. So thanks for being on today. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. Welcome to the Exploring Series podcast with me, Sean Bowles. We're now up to three episodes a week with three different themes. Join me every Monday for Exploring the Industry, where we have powerful conversations with Christians and entertainment industries around the world who have stories about how their faith is impacting their career in the world around them. Join us Wednesdays in one of the most listened to podcasts in Christianity, Exploring the Prophetic, where I get to interview people from every walk of life about how hearing from God has changed their world and the world around them. Then come download every Friday's edition where we're exploring the marketplace with my co-host, Bob Hassan, where we have powerful interviews and we answer questions from listeners like you who have careers in the marketplace. Come take a seat in our conversation and ask your questions and subscribe to the Exploring Series where we go on one journey together to see what it looks like to have a living relationship with Jesus in every kind of life imaginable. Thank you for listening to Exploring the Industry. We're believing that God's going to change the world through the entertainment industry. And we want to invite you into the conversation. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell to this podcast. Also visit us at bowlsministries.com where you're going to find tons of resources to help you on your spiritual journey.